Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from the SLS Hotel. Whenever we come to Vegas, I like to get our next guest on because he probably puts things in perspective for us. John Katsalamidis <laughs> from the Las Vegas Sun. Uh, tell me, I mean, what impact has this hotel, it's, it's relatively new in its recent incarnation, of course, but mm-hmm. the history goes back over 50 over 60 years yeah the sahara this is the the bones of the old sahara hotel casino when the sahara opened oh long long ago it was a luxury hotel and one of the nicer places and it uh, over the course of time became kind of creaky at the end and they no no no, no, no. Pre- john john it didn't become kind of creaky it was, it, it was seriously creaky creaky zx yeah and uh they've dumped uh, about four four hundred and fifteen four and twenty million into it and rebranded it as the SLS, and here we are on the north side of the Strip and uh, part of the renaissance that is being led by this property on this in this region. Now, there have been a lot of hotels opening in Las Vegas over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the economic debacle in 2008, which almost nailed this town. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Can this town take another hotel? 
Well, that we're gonna, we're finding that out right now, and it's not just this hotel. It's uh, there's a, a couple of other major resorts on, in the offing um, across the street from here. Um, we're finding that out right now. There is a school of thought to be perfectly candid in Las Vegas that we don't need any more hotel rooms. You know, we're we're trying to fill the ones we've got. And uh, and yet, when I walked in here today, this, uh, everything looks full. Yeah, you know, it, it, SLS is interesting. It's a it's an interesting property because it's kind of um, it's a free agent type property. It's not re- related to any Caesars Entertainment or MGM Resort. I mean, they really and, are the new kids on the block. And they are literally the new kids on the block. And Sam Nazarian, SPE Entertainment, that owns the place, has got a very L.A. vibe about it. And they are expecting a lot of L.A. traffic and repeat traffic from Los Angeles. And also, on the other side, of people who are locals, Las Vegas locals, who are used to the old Sahara, they want them to come in here. So they're tr- they're after a, a dual demographic here. And I, I think they're trying to find their footing still with it. But, uh, man, we are those of us who live here are really happy to see light on this corner, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> See some illumination, some pedestrians. Because it was dark for a while. It was very dark. You, if you were to go up to the um, stratosphere six months ago and look on, look down on this corner at night, it was very dark on the north end of the strip. So, so you're a happy guy that they're here. I am happy. Yeah, you know we we uh, we like uh, we like progress around here. We like to build stuff and put the lights on and welcome people to our city. Yeah, but you don't just build stuff and put the lights on. You have to have the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. And this, ho- and this hotel's got the bells and whistles. Yeah, it's it's unique uh, in in so many ways. It, the food here is outstanding. Everybody agrees. All the restaurants here are great, and it's got the Fred Siegel brand, which is kind of cool uh, for those of us who live in Las Vegas. We're not used well, to that. Well, I'm so just happy they've got Katsuya and Katsuya and Cleo and yeah. Jose Andres and the Griddle. You know, all those restaurants are, are terrific. So I spend I live not too far from here, to be honest. I'm about a mile and a half away, and well, I spend well, a lot of time in LA. Later in the show, we're going to talk to Chef Jody from the Griddle, and I'm telling mm. you that. I, that's lethal. I mean, that's that's <laughs> breakfast that'll that'll that's breakfast that'll keep you in bed for a long time. <laughs> it stays with you, doesn't oh, it? Oh no, it's, 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 it's these are pancakes that are industrial strength, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. amazing. They don't. The plates are too small for the pancakes. The pancakes are too big for the plates. One one or the other. But uh, yeah, it stays with you. That you can be eating off that for three or four days. But outside the hotel, you got something else happening in Vegas, which is the Smith Center for the Performing Arts. Yep, that's right. The Smith Center. Is, a lot of people who don't live in Las Vegas don't realize that we have a uh, performing arts. Center here in Las Vegas. It's world class. It's been open for a couple of years, two and a half years. And all the touring Broadway shows that come to Las Vegas are in this uh, at the Smith Center at Reynolds Hall, 2,050 seats. And uh, we're getting ready for Pippin right now. We're all fired up about Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is you have options now, right? You right. Know, it's not just going to the shows at the, at the hotels and the casinos. You can actually go see some Broadway shows as well. Yeah, the problem with the strip entertainment here in the entertainment capital of the world is we we tried Broadway on the strip. And it didn't and work. It, it did not you know, work. We, we don't sit still long enough when, we, when people visit Las Vegas. You know, it's 90 so minutes. So the Smith Center is really for the locals. It is. And, and uh, the smart people. <laughs> which How about is, that? Which is, yeah, people hey, who have a, some pa- some patience and aren't here for three days and two nights and are going to try and jam everything in. Yeah. Um, you know that we've had Book of Mormon come through here. We've had uh, Wicked come through here. Um, the uh, Kinky Boots National Tour debuted here, premiered in Las Vegas. Um, we had The Tempest, which is produced by Teller, uh, started at the Smith Center, and it's it's a, you know, Produced by way. Teller? Yes, a pen and Teller. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that play started in a tent in the Symphony Park, which is right across from the Smith Center, and had a run of five weeks, and it went back to 
uh, the um, back to Boston for a run and uh, uh, Southern California. Who knew? Yeah, it's it, it's rooted here, and it might you never know. They're in negotiations for New York. That's something we haven't reported yet, but they're they're looking at putting it on Broadway right now. Not bad. And it started here at the Smith Center. See? Mm-hmm. Off, off, off Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> We're the office Broadway. It was quite a night when it opened there. It had helicopters outside. There was a surveillance thing going on right here in Las Vegas. And uh, they were having this play go on inside the tent. <laughs> it was wild. And who but, showed up? Uh, most, of the, most of the audience was were people who lived here. See? You know, on that night when and I went. And that's what you want to do when you come to any city, not to mention just mm-hmm. Las Vegas. You go with the locals. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, these were people who were season, you know, ticket holders. I mean, even if you're staying here at the SLS, go to Katsuya one night, but then go out off the strip to those great little Japanese and Korean restaurants way off the strip. There you go. Keep that going. This is flight 372 on SWA. The flight attendant's on board serving you today. Teresa in the middle, David in the back. My name is David, and I'm here to tell you that. Shortly after takeoff, first things first, there's soft drinks and coffee to quench your thirst. But if you want another kind of drink, then just holler. Alcoholic beverages will be $4. If a monster energy drink is your plan, that'll be $3, and you get the whole can. We won't take your cash. You got to pay with plastic. If you have a coupon, then... Uh, joining me now is, uh, you know, when you want a sense of history, and you're in a sense of history in this hotel because of, because of going back to a 1952 hotel called the Sahara, uh... We have the Mob Museum, and what's interesting is the challenge, I would, suspo- I would suppose, of having a place called the Mob Museum is, after a while, what can you come up with that people haven't figured they thought they've seen before or heard about or, 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 or read about some of the legends? And joining me now, what a great title, the Director of Content for the, for the Mob Museum, which should tell you something about what we're about to talk about now. Jeff Schumacher, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you. So... I know that, first of all, it's, it's a great concept for, for a town like Las Vegas because there is history about that. You know, and you don't have to just go see the movie Casino to realize that, you know, there was a time that the, you know, before everything became corporate, it was, it was run by the mob. Oh, absolutely. You know, even though we're a, we're a national museum and we attempt to cover the story uh, all across America, um, the Las Vegas part of it is, is particularly interesting to us, and we really dedicate a lot of space to it. I mean... Looking at the history that goes beyond just Las Vegas, I mean, in the 30s and the 40s, you know, the mob had control over every slot machine that you could imagine, right? I would say starting in the 1940s, for sure, um, probably the early 40s, the mob out of Los Angeles came to Las Vegas. They had a reform mayor in L.A. in the late 30s, and those guys who had been running illegal casinos there, guys like Guy McAfee, um, yeah, they came to Vegas. They and, moved their operation here. Yeah, there's legal here. They could they could be upstanding citizens here. <laughs> and of course, you know the Warren Beatty movie, uh, right? Right. There's a, there's a little bit of truth in that movie. Just a little bit. <laughs> well, there's a lot of truth in the movie Casino. Yes, yes. Casino is a little different story. It's much closer to the reality. I mean, and if truth be told, I knew all those players. I knew mm. Lefty Rosenthal. I knew uh, Tony the Ant Spilotro. Oh, wow. I, I, I was actually sitting in Alan Glick's office at the uh, Stardust uh, when uh, the and, and the most amazing thing was that on his desk he had never you'd never see a single piece of paper right. but to the left of his desk and the right of his desk he had two gleaming stainless steel shredders. <laughs> I mean, he, he knew he what was, he was involved. He, knew, with. he was uh, nothing went out of that room before it got shredded, right. 
And then, of course, you remember in the, in the movie where, when the FBI was taking their, fl- their plane over to try to surveil them, and they ran out of fuel and landed on the golf course. <laughs> I was here that day. Is that right? Oh, it was outrageous. But speaking of the FBI, you have an exhibit of all the T-Men. Well, we're, yeah, so uh, we are uh, uh, going to have an exhibit probably in the spring um, in which we're going to portray all of the, the uh, Treasury agents who were responsible for bringing down the mob. Because we remember, think about the FBI. Yeah, but, but they it, all got them on tax evasion. That's what it was. It was the Al Capone exactly. deal, right? I mean, exactly. they didn't get Al Capone on murder. They got him on tax evasion. That's right, and that's true of a dozen or more major mobsters over the years. And you know, the FBI really kind of ignored uh, the mob in the early years. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover didn't really want to mess around with that. He was more interested in communists and that kind of thing. And so it was up to the Treasury Department, the T-Men, uh, to come in and uh, take care of business. And so we that's a missing piece from our um, it has been a missing piece from our museum, and we're going to fix that. Because, you know, we, we know about the legend of Elliot Ness, but right. that wasn't the T-Guys. Nope. Nope. Elliot Ness actually was a, a relatively minor character. He was brought up uh, by Hollywood, really invented uh, as a much bigger character than he really was. Robert and, Stack. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but the T-Men were, they were accountants, right? So they would look over the books, and it was a little boring, but uh, they would find hey, the— uh, Forensic accounting. That's it. You know? And that's how they got him. Absolutely. Undeclared and, cash. And, you know, there was a moment uh, in, in American history when these guys were actually pretty well known. And there was a movie made in 1947 called The T-Men. It was a B-movie, but it was all about these treasury agents and what they were doing. And uh, it's amazing now to think that nobody's ever heard of them. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now our radio clearance over. That's Clarence over. Over. Roger. Huh? Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. Such history here at this hotel, and I'm almost uh, depressed to tell you I remember most of it. I mean, uh, I remember my first trip to Las Vegas and coming down the strip and seeing the Sahara Hotel the last of the Rat Pack hotels, and we, we call it that because just about everybody who was in the Rat Pack performed here at one time or another. Uh, it was an icon on the Strip, and SLS came in, and after about $145 million renovation, top to bottom, hard to recognize anything about the Sahara, but we are here, and the legend lives on. And the words SLS, I mean, they've got a hotel in, 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 Las, in Los Angeles. They've got one in Miami. Of course, they're building a new one that's going to open in a couple of months in, in the Bahamas at Bahamar. And part of it is not about just the casino. It's all about the entertainment and the experience. And one of those people who knows just a little bit about that, who's got the best title, and also one of the most scary titles, <laughs> uh, she's laughing, the executive director of VIP services and entertainment, as opposed to the fact that they might be distinct, mm-hmm. uh, Chanel Oliver. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And now you came from Miami. Most recently I was in Miami, yeah, opening our South Beach property. And here you are, I mean, you're ratcheting up a notch. I wanted to slow down, so I moved to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> So what what is someone who is the executive director of VIP services and, I always say, and entertainment do? Um, You know, I do everything from really just make sure that people have fun. 
I'd say that's probably the most exciting thing about my job. So, uh, you know, whether it be someone who's coming in and, and dining in the restaurants and staying in the hotel or maybe spend, spending some time in the casino, of course, there's the nightlife aspect, which um, is probably my specialty. You know, I just really make sure that people are taken care of, whether it be customers of ours from Los Angeles or South Beach or, you know, other cities and markets that we're not really that familiar with. Now, in hotels, they'd call it a concierge, mm -hmm. but, but you, that, that's just the beginning of what you're doing. Sure. We have concierge. Um, you know, we have a great concierge team, world-class team that works here. Um, I would say that I deal with an elite group inside of the hotel. Um, that, you know, they might call, uh, I was explaining to someone just the other day, you know, something that you might call the concierge for. Um, like theater tickets. Or, theater or, tickets or, you know, a driver or a dinner recommendation. Um, I really curate an entire experience for someone for their entire weekend. Um, people call me for things and they have a relationship with me that they feel comfortable with me that maybe they wouldn't call the concierge for. All right, so we'll, we'll put the limo on the, on the shelf, we'll put the tickets on the shelf because that's expected. Yeah. Right? People want to go to see a show, you get them a ticket. If they want to go in a limo, you get them a limo. Yeah. Right? They want Mike Tyson and the Tiger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just give me five minutes and you got it. No, just kidding. I can't do that. <laughs> you can't? You sure? Mike Tyson. I don't know. You know, I probably have to pull some strings. You know, anything. Sometimes I think things can't happen and then I make some phone calls and next thing you know, someone's friends with Mike Tyson. You just never know. Yeah, and they come back with their ear intact. It's amazing. It's it's shocking. All right, but let's – you don't have to mention names, nor do I expect you to, but give me an idea of what one of the more unusual requests you got. Um, not not that long ago, uh, we had a gentleman who wanted to host his girlfriend's birthday party. Well, that seems sane, sane enough. Yeah, right? pretty normal, pretty standard. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, there's so much – so many things have happened. So many, you always are trying to find something new and exciting. So that's the challenge when it comes down to something like this. You know, you can't just put rose petals in a room anymore. Eh. People have seen this? that. Eh. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what we did was we created, um, you know, a spa day for her and her girlfriends. Also right. not that, you know, crazy. Right. Um, but after they were at the spa all day getting pampered, primped, hair done, makeup done, of course, a beautiful lunch catered by Katsuya, champagne, the whole nine yards. Uh, they had uh, some stylists from some local retail stores come by with designer gowns or dresses, like cocktail dresses. The girls all got to pick a dress, her and her friends, along with shoes, the whole nine yards. Can, I, can I be his girlfriend, too? I, I mean, know. my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it makes me wonder if I'm in the wrong business. But, okay, keep um, going. Okay, they got to pick a dress. Pick a dress. Pick a shoe. Uh, pick a shoe that complemented the dress. I mean, the only thing that was missing. was I insist like, on a shoe that complements the dress. Yeah. Absolutely, you yeah. know that it's important. Yeah. And then they went out on the town, which you know, of course, we had set up uh, car service and dinner and and you know nightlife inside of the hotel here, which was great for them. But you know, it was just something that was really the girls were surprised by it. They didn't know. They just thought they were going to a day at the spa. But with myself and the team that I have here, we were able to execute a lot of really exciting things for them. Okay. And the weirdest one? The weirdest request? The weird, you know, a lot. That of, you were able to do. Yeah. A lot of it's not necessarily the guest's request. A lot of it's more us having a guest that's coming in, it being such a well-traveled guest that we want to wow them and, and, like, do something to them that makes us stand out from the competitors. Like? Like we had, um, just recently we had a, a, a gentleman that was Greek and uh, we found out that you know he was very Greek and his culture was very important to him so we knew he was coming in 
We set up dinner for him at Cleo, which is our Mediterranean restaurant. Um, we let him break plates and yell Opa. The whole staff got involved. <laughs> How many plates were destroyed? Like two or three. Oh, easy. Easy. Yeah. Um, and then we took him into Foxtail, which was our nightclub that was open for the night. We had Greek flags, which we had to borrow from a Greek restaurant because we didn't have a Greek flag on hand. Um, <laughs> I hate when that happens. I know. You, well, trust me. Now we have flags for every country because you just never know when you're going to need them. Um, and then we had the Greek anthem playing when he came in. All of that was executed within like two and a half hours of us finding out that he was coming on property. That's kind of fun. It was fun. Uh, is there anything that you were asked to do that you could not do? Yeah, things that I probably shouldn't talk about. Well, no, no, no you can. <laughs> no, go ahead. You know, customers all the time, they're just, they ask for, um, you know, th people think it's Vegas, and so they think anything goes. Well, excuse me, it is Vegas. Well, it is Vegas, and they think that because it's Vegas, anything goes. And that's just not the case. There actually is laws here in Vegas, and there's really? things that you just can't do that you might think that you can do just because you see it on a movie. So basically, the bottom line is if Chanel says you can do it, then it's legal. Then it's legal, and I'll make it happen. Otherwise... I don't want to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go This segment of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Greater Fort Lauderdale. Visit sunny.org for more information and say hello to Sunny. Uh, my next guest knows a little bit about this place. He writes uh, the, the gaming column for the Las Vegas Review Journal and uh, has been a, a, a regular on our show before every time we come to Las Vegas. Howard Stutz, how are you, man? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I mean, this hotel, where we are speaking from right now, has such a history. Uh, it's, the for, it's the former Sahara Hotel, one of the last of the Rat Pack hotels, if you will. Um, and it's actually the newest hotel to open, really. First, the first new hotel to open ten, since 2010, since the Cosmopolitan opened. Which, in Las Vegas, is like saying, really? Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, you'd think there's another, there's another hotel opening every week, just about. It seemed that way from after the Mirage opened back in 1989, and then the Excalibur uh, the then followed. And it just seemed like, you know, f through the 90s and into the 2000s, I mean, it was just like year after year was another hotel. And this opening. is not really a new build. They, they, they didn't do it that way. No. They took the old Sahara, which, I mean, you've been in here now. You've seen it. This doesn't look anything like the oh old God, Sahara. Oh, my God. Not yeah. even close. I want to know where the old signs went. Did they go to the Neon Museum, maybe? Yeah, some of the stuff went to the Neon Museum. A lot of the old stuff, when they closed the Sahara in 2011, they sold. They had an auction. They sold, people came in and were buying the old pictures from the from the 60s that were in the House the of plates, the Lords. The plates, oh, the yeah, silver. Oh, yeah, everything, everything. Did you buy anything? No, I <laughs> decided to have enough stuff in my house. But the, And they were buying the chips. They bought the other. Oh, I have. I bought. Did buy a couple of chips. See? I do See? have collected some chips from all the casinos I've closed over the years, but they 2011 they started gutting it, and finally in 2013 the the company uh, uh, SBE Entertainment out of Los Angeles and Stone Ridge, uh, uh, Stone Stockbridge Partners out of San Francisco, got the funds 415 million to uh, redo this into the SLS Las Vegas. And here we are. And it's. 
it, it, if you've been in the old Sahara, you you kind of get the feel from where in the casino where where the lines were and everything. They moved a lot of stuff around. They moved a lot of walls, tore out walls, really changed it around. But it's really freshened up. Did something a lot. I different. mean, let's put this in perspective. It was the it was the Sahara since 1952. Yeah, 59 years. The oldest hotel, one of the oldest hotels on the Strip. The Rat Pack all played here. I mean, you, you go through the the history of the celebrities that performed in the showroom here from. From you know, the Beatles stayed here when they played at the convention center back in the 60s. So it's got a history to it. And in trying to be a little bit cutting edge, they even got Lenny Kravitz in to, uh, to design uh, some of the suites. He designed uh, four of the suites and then... But he's I, done that in the Bahamas, too, with their other hotel that's opening up in May right. called uh, Bahamar. Right, the, uh, down the SLS. They've yeah. got, they got several of these SLSs around. And then Lenny Kravitz on opening night... He got so excited that he ended up brought his band up, and they played a couple of sets in the Sayers uh, Lounge down here. So uh, Lenny got really excited about the opening of the uh, SLS. And it didn't charge him? I don't think so. Wow, that, that's, ex- <laughs> that's excitement. Or that stupidity, I'm not sure. I don't know. No, the, the thing that I like is, that, is they brought in some of the restaurants that are branded restaurants, though, that I like, like Katsuya. Right. That's I, mean, as I, I ate at that restaurant in L.A., I've been in the one in L.A. down at L.A. Live. Exactly. It's a, it, one of the things they, they control all the restaurants in here. They brought a lot of their – they're known as an entertainment company, SBE. They have a lot of S, – uh, they have the SLSs in Miami, and, and as you said, they're building one in the Bahamas. They're building one in New York. They have a lot of restaurants. They have a loyal, uh, loyal follower, so, so to speak, that, uh, you know, they go to the nightclubs and go to the restaurants. That's what they're hoping to attract here to, to the SLS Las Vegas. And they're getting they're, they're filling the rooms. That's the that's what the key is. They're trying to fill the rooms. It it Las Vegas has changed, as you know, Peter, over the years. It's not the gaming destination. It's a destination for everything else, for all the nightlife and all the restaurants and all the, all right, the so, hotels so, so, and shows. Okay, so I, so I got to ask the question. And the money here, I, I I can't get my arms around it on this on this money on this one aspect of the money. Okay. The clubs with the bottle service. Someone has to explain to me, okay, where the money is coming. I understand the big whales coming in to gamble. That, that's the old school definition of somebody throwing down all this money on the tables. But the 22-year-olds and the 23-year-olds doing the $5,000 bottles of champagne and filling the clubs at night, uh, it's interesting. I came up on the plane today, right, and, and it was, a, it was a, a Southwest Airlines flight. And sitting next to me, 26-year-old woman, who has just moved to Las Vegas. I said, why are you moving to Las Vegas? She says, oh, I'm going to get a job doing bottle service. And I said to her, really? And I said, uh, and how do you audition for that? She said, in a bikini. <laughs> I said, in a bikini, okay. And how much money can you make? She said, it's unbelievable. You know, you look up and down the strip, every one of these properties have added two or three different nightclubs and day clubs. You look at the yeah, other- Okay, now that's the other thing. The the day clubs they did they did that at you know at, at the MGM they've done that at some of the bigger hotels, and they have the cabanas. Now, mm-hmm. forget the bottle service. The cabanas are going for ten thousand dollars. You look at the the most. This is for a day. Oh yeah, and the most interesting day club right now is at the top of the old. It's now the, called the Cromwell. It used to be the Barbary Coast Gold, the Barbary Coast, the old Bills Casino. Now that's the Caesar's Palace Hotel. Caesar right? yeah. Caesar's owns it. They right. ended up. They went on. They drank. You know what? Howard, stay with me because I, I got I to get to the bottom of this. Howard sets from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Stick with us because when we come back, he's going to tell me the secret of bottle service <laughs> and how they make so much money. 
And I know that I know the word bikini is going to be involved. I just know it. Back with more of Peter Green Worldwide from the SLS Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Right up there. Where are the wagons? The wagon is too slow. Can't you ride? It's not that he can't ride. How is it you put it home? They're dangerous at both ends and crafty in the middle. Why would I want anything with a mind of its own? Bobbing about between my legs. We've been talking with Howard Stutz, who writes the Inside Gaming column for the Las Vegas Review Journal. And where we last left off, talk about a cliffhanger. All these day clubs and night clubs, I they generate so much cash. Uh, it's it's staggering because I don't know where it's coming from. It's the younger crowd, whether it's the, through business that they've done or, or, or you know or, you know trust funds, whatever it is. Somebody's trust. Somebody's. Funds. Yeah, but you know it, what they're doing is they're not spending it in the casino. They are doing some, maybe some gambling in the casino, but they're here for the for the entertainment. And the entertainment part of that is these nightclubs and day clubs where you were willing to spend, you know, a few few grand to to rent out a cabana or the bottle service and the nightclubs where you get the special table you know every one of these places they all have these huge nightclubs now and they DJs. have the, and they have these wranglers these gorgeous women right whose only job is to get idiots like you and me come on to go for it to go in there to sit down at the table and be entertained until the bill comes oh my god <laughs> Well, it's a little a younger crowd than me, I shall say that, Peter. It's a, it's, a, but it's a crowd that's what's driving the city right now. It's this entertainment, is. this, this entertainment. This is what, this is why Atlantic City has failed because they didn't capture onto this. Although Atlantic City tried, because I was at the, at the, uh, at the, at the Revel mm-hmm. or the Revel, whatever you want to call it. It's bankrupt, but uh, they were spending on night a night. $150,000 to bring in the top DJ. Right. Because when you bring in the top DJ, he brings in his following, and they buy. And that's what we've seen here. As I was saying before, Dre's up on top of the, the old Bill's Barbary Coast. Um, uh, it's a, You have this view, outdoor pool club you know, during the day, right. nightclub at night, view of the Bellagio fountains. You're like you're right on top of them, it right. almost seems. so. And they're doing it here at SLS. And SLS, they've got three different clubs here. You've yeah, got, why stop at one? Yeah, they, they have the day club, and that's what, you know, in the summers, that's what that, that those do just as well as the nightclub sometimes. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's a change. That's the way Las Vegas has changed. That's Because you can go anywhere in the country right now. I mean, there's 40 different states with casinos of some sort. So you can gamble anywhere you want. But they don't have this. They don't have Vegas. They don't have everything else that goes along with Vegas. That's why you're seeing right across the street from the SLS, MGM's building an outdoor festival uh, plaza where you're going to have about four or five events a year, including this Rock and Rio uh, festival that it, over here in, in June of 2015, next year. That's what we're seeing a lot. You know, the Link Project came in and, and, and from Caesars with the big, uh, the high roller observation the wheel. wheel. The wheel. Exactly. Exactly. And all these places, what's tied them all together? MGM's building the park project down at the other end of the strip. What's tied this all to in together? Not one casino, not not one slot machine, not one table game. It's retail and dining and entertainment. 
and it's 26-year-old women in bikinis going, would you like another bottle? Obviously, I know what you're looking at here. <laughs> no. I mean, somebody's buying it. And they do. Yeah, that's – I mean, my my. we just had a, a weekend. My my father-in-law turned 80 years old. My um, Don't tell me he wanted to go to the club. No, but my nephews did. <laughs> that's what they did. They came in for the, they came in for the weekend from, from so LA. So they used him as the excuse. Exactly. And they yeah, came and in and partied See you, Dad. We're going out. Right. And they partied on down on the strip. And, so. what was, and, and they paid that kind of money? I don't know if they paid that kind of money. Maybe Somebody had, was buying it. Maybe they had some friends that went along and, and, and did that. So, uh, But it is that is what's really kind of driving things around here. It's kept the, stri- the strip alive. But everybody wants to come up and see what's new and new and different. That's why SLS has done well, because you have these new clubs here. Caesars, Wynn, all have these different clubs. And if you, take a, if you talk to the guys who run the hotels and they look at the numbers every day, right, you ask them, what's your bottom line? They said, we can't even believe it ourselves. It's the clubs. Well, that's why they're adding them. You know, Caesars just tore out Pure, and they're building a, a, whatever something new. They're actually taking part of the uh, the tore out the poker room and actually took that to use that as part of the nightclub. Really? Yeah, it's overlooking. The, it'll be overlooking the fountains at Caesars Palace. And of course, let's not forget rehab. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, at the Hard Rock, right? That hard Rock was kind you of the what? first. I would go over there and watch it. You couldn't pay me to go in that pool. And it was kind of, but that was the first one that actually started this day club type yeah. atmosphere and these parties. The Palms did it with, you know, get, Getaway Friday and all that. So, yeah, that, that's what we saw a lot here on the strip. If you are sitting next to a small child or someone who is acting like a small child, please do us all a favor and put on your mask first. I always like to ask the locals what they like, and uh, someone who uh, fits that bill perfectly is my next guest, Allison Duck from Vegas Chatter. So I already know something about you. I know you're completely obsessed with the, with the Bellagio Fountains. That part I got. Am I right? That's very true. And how often do you go out there and watch them? The, uh, tru- well, the truth. Uh, I go out there as often as I can because uh, my boyfriend works at Bellagio, so truth be told, I go there a lot. And uh, whenever I'm driving by, I always have to win- roll down the window and listen, no matter what song's on. It's it's always exciting, just like the first time. All right, so certain things like ring true on that one. I, I love to watch it, too. Of course, it's always the last scene from uh, Ocean's Eleven, which, uh, and the music was perfectly played for that one as well. Uh, but let's get beyond that, okay, because that one, is, is anybody can go see that. Right, they, it's right. available to them, but what's happening now in Las Vegas that would you you would say is completely you know new, not improved, just new? Uh, well, a lot of the cocktail bars and mixology bars are hopping on the barrel aged bandwagon, which means um, that they're uh, infusing spirits in in barrels, some of which are created just for that property, that bar. Uh, and it's not always just bourbon and whiskey. Some of them are doing things with tequila and gin and okay, other so spirits we, we, like we that. Okay, so we talk about stuff in barrels that's infused. Like, give me an example. Um, for instance, the uh, the Franklin at Delano, which is new to Mandalay Bay, they've got two barrel-aged cocktails right now, one gin, one bourbon. Uh, I just tried the gin one recently, and it, uh, it's it been aged in a uh, Rogue, which is a spirits and beer brand. It's been aged in a, a Rogue pink spruce gin. Now, are they doing that here in Vegas? They uh, doing- yes, they're, they're um, barrel aging them right there at the bar. Wow. So what you're getting is a very unique product that's, you know, it's created just for, for the Franklin at Delano. 
Um, and then it's mixed also, this, sorry, this specific cocktail is uh, called the Pink Torino. And it features the rogue gin that's been barrel aged. Um, in a, uh, the, the rogue spirit itself, uh, the gin, has already been aged in a Pinot Noir cask. So it's kind of like getting a double barrel aged cocktail. You know, I remember going to Savannah, Georgia once. We were doing a, a, a television show there. And we walked into a bar. And they, the bartender was making a drink. And it was their signature drink. I said, show me your signature drink. And he takes out a glass that's like three times larger than a regular glass. And into this glass, he puts in every conceivable piece of uh, alcohol and, 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 and you name, the, you name the, the, the actual alcohol, it's going in there, right? And fruit and gin and vodka and everything short of like scotch. And at the end of it, I said, does this drink have a name? He said, yeah, it's called Call a Cab. <laughs> that sounds about right. Right. So basically, a lot of these artisanal drinks, you, you better have somebody as a designated driver. Right. It's a good plan because uh, the, the reason they're so, uh, so deadly is because they're so well-balanced. You can drink it and not even realize. I, for instance, am not a gin lover, but I really enjoyed this cocktail because it was so balanced with, uh, with other notes of strawberry and ginger to balance out the botanicals of the gin. Now, here at SLS, you've got a club called Sayers Club. Yes. Do they have a drink, too? Um, I've had several of their cocktails. I remember the uh, I remember the tequila one. I enjoyed a lot. I don't recall the name of it right now, um, but uh, they have a very good cocktail program. I'm also very. I love it. You called it a cocktail program. program. Would you like to join our cocktail program? Well, as a matter of fact, I would. Exactly. Yeah. What is a cocktail program? Uh, well, uh, that's just kind of a fancy way of saying they've uh, they've put a little extra um, energy into selecting the cocktails that go along with their nightlife experience. Um, it's kind of uh, like curating an art program. They've been curating their cocktail list as well as their music selections at Sayers. You see, I'm not a bartender. I'm a cocktail curator. Exactly. Um, or even worse, I'm a cocktail archivist. There you go. <laughs> yes, I run the archives here at the bar. I can, right? That's it. Exactly. So, but every bar in Vegas is doing this now, right? It seems to be the new thing. Um, there's also uh, a new spot at the Palms called Social which is the new name for their center bar. And they offer a barrel-aged cocktail um, called the 46 in Barrel, which features Maker's Mark 46 um, and has kind of a, a sweeter, sweeter tone with uh, orange and cherry and fig notes as well. Yes, I always look for the fig notes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I go to no bar unless it has fig notes. I love when they tell, oh, you can taste the chocolate. No, you can't. You can't taste the chocolate. After the second sip, you're in another world anyway. <laughs> That's what I do love about all of these craft cocktails now and the barrel aging in particular. Uh, the barrel aging brings out so many oaky notes that balance those sweeter notes of the things that they mix the spirit with so that it really does balance things out nicely. If you are continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are continuing on with another airline, we really don't care. I am a passenger. It's almost a cliche that people say there are no clocks in Las Vegas and, and you really can't time anything here. However, I can always do breakfast and I can always eat. And, and my next guest has a great concept in that uh, because it's called the Griddle Restaurant. And, and you, you've got one in L.A., you've got one here in Las Vegas. 
it's Chef Jody, but the weirdest thing, Chef, is that you're open when I don't expect you to be, right? Which is at uh, 2 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when of course you want breakfast, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, breakfast is my favorite meal of the day, hence. No matter like, when you eat it. Yes. That's the point, right? <laughs> Whether it's French toast or an omelet or potatoes, bacon, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so if I walked into the, the griddle here at SLS at 2 in the morning on a Saturday, you're doing an amazing amount of pancakes at that point. Yes. And they're, and they're like 11 inches by diameter and a stack of three. So there are a lot of pancakes going on. So, okay, so a lot of flipping out. Pancakes and then a stretcher over here, right? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Depending wow. on how much they've uh, drinking at the Life uh, nightclub here. Well, you see, the pancakes can become, the, can become very helpful there because they absorb all the alcohol once you eat them, you see. They do, they do, especially the banana nana. But then we also... Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. The <laughs> what was this? Banana nana. Explain, please explain. <laughs> it's not just buttermilk pancakes with bananas in them. It's brown sugar baked bananas folded into the batter. So it's like <laughs> banana cake and a buttermilk pancake went dancing, you know, and had this great love affair. Wow, and, and you need a large industrial strength spatula to eat it. And to flip them. And, to fl oh, yeah, and no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Is that your signature pancake? Um, that, that's one of the first ones I created. Now, you know, I created the first red velvet pancake back in 08, and here we have a bunch of pancakes with alcohol in them. No. Yes. Shocked. <laughs> so, so basically alcohol-infused pancakes. Yes. Now, how do you make the batter on that? So it's like... We have one called Mouthful of Yum, and it's my banana nana pancake batter. Rum. No. No. Godiva liqueur and Butterfinger. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Inside the pancake. I'm already in a sugar coma. With a Godiva whipped cream. <laughs> so it's uh, it's very amazing. Uh, lethal, I think. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. You have to have some bacon with it to, you know, melt, uh, <laughs> even it out, level it out. <laughs> Would that be the wildest one? I have a chocolate bourbon. It's called Devil's Daydream. It's a chocolate bourbon French toast that has two ounces of bullet bourbon in it. And it's a very, very rich chocolate bread that's dipped into this bourbon batter. So that one's pretty intense. Yeah. I may be the devil. I'm not saying, though. How many people have actually just fallen asleep? <laughs> just I, here, yeah. I've not seen in L.A., but I have seen it here twice at the table sleeping, even at noon. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's a combination of the food and the environment of Las Vegas, which is amazing. Your biggest selling pancake is? Banana Nana. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just it's so good and different than anywhere else. And it's huge. It's, yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's not just the size. It's the texture and the flavors and everything. Okay. I have to ask the obvious <laughs> question, at least for me. Do people actually finish it? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had these young kids from Boston and L.A., and they seriously ate, like, three stacks of pancakes between two guys. They ate two orders of French toast, bacon. It was, like, insanity. And they finished it? <laughs> yeah. Well, have they ever been seen since? Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> Where are you? Pancake eaters from Boston. But the point is... In Vegas, at least in my experience, it's difficult to find breakfasts like that anywhere, even during breakfast. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean during normal times. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what's really fun and unique about the Griddle Cafe being at SLS, and um, it was really exciting when I was asked to join the team here. And you have shakes. Yes, not just shakes though. Uh oh, here it comes. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Boozy cake shakes that are flavored after many of like six of my different pancake items. One is the golden ticket, which is the banana nana with caramel, um, walnuts, and streusel. So it's flavored like that with three ounces of alcohol. Buttermilk cake pieces and vanilla bean ice cream all blended up. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. Do you have official walkers who could actually help me from my seat and, and walk me back to my we have, room? We have like six guys that will carry you out to your room. Really? I'll carry you to your room. Uh, and, and, and you've <laughs> as long as you're staying at SLS, which you have to do, of course. Of course. And then they take you to your room. Yes. And then you wake up in a pancake frenzy. With your container of leftovers next to you. Uh, I'm sure the words to go are, are <laughs> people take stuff to go to. Yeah. They have to. They can't finish it. Yeah. And then they're really good heated up with like ice cream later to make it worse <laughs> or better, however <laughs> you want it. <laughs> worse on your, uh, on your uh, day out. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.